season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. the jkr podcast my name is jace riglin i'm the host we got episode number two of two this weekend had some great content yesterday with ryan garrity came on the show wichita state baseball commit got some more great content today as we have 2023 alabama outfield commit we got coleman mizell on the show plays for usa prime national met this guy at the wwba again so here we are back at that so today we discuss his advisor selection process we talk about usa prime we dig in a little bit to pg national and the baseball pdp experience he was a part of both of them talk about the similarities talk about the differences and both how both experiences have um, helped his career I'm digging into the state championship. Plays for a very great team down there in Alabama. He says he's got seven Division One baseball commits on his team, just in his lineup, not even including the pitchers. So great baseball team down there. Almost were back-to-back state champions. So we dig into that whole story a little bit. Um, so let's dig into the episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR Podcast. Today we have one of the top prospects in Alabama for the 2023 class. We got Alabama baseball commit Coleman Mizell on the show. Coleman, super pumped to get you on the show, man. How are you doing today? Uh, Pretty great. Just moved in. My new house. First time I'm going to be sleeping here. So just ready to, ready to get after it again. Awesome. I bet that's a pretty cool experience to be moving into a new house. So is that in... The same is it going to be in the same town? Are you moving towns? What exactly is yes, this? Yes, sir. Same town. I'm just moving in the city limits. Okay. All right. Sounds like a pretty fun experience for you. But one question I always like to ask everybody when they come on the podcast, just to start it out, is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Coleman Mizell? Well, um, first I would say I'm a baseball player, and then second I would say I'm just a Guy who everyone likes to be around, pretty fun to be around, always laughing, having a good time. Always figure if you're going to be playing a sport or especially baseball, which is every day, you might as well have fun doing it. Of course. All right. So, like I said, you are committed to Alabama. So, you said that's 40 minutes away from your hometown up there in Tuscaloosa, right? That's what you said? That's roughly, it's roughly, it's a little under two hours. Oh, roughly. Okay. Okay. So, um, let's. So let's dig into how you actually ended up at Alabama. So just dig into that recruiting process. How did that recruiting process start for you? When did you start getting noticed by some of those some of those D1 teams? Well, the summer after my freshman year, it was the COVID year. So we had it to where I played on a team called the SBG Sox. We were we had some really good players, some kids who had already at the time committed to Ole Miss. So we had um, done that, and we were just – I felt – I got the, like, text or notification that there was a dead period that no uh, schools could go out and recruit or do anything like that. But I personally was just like, if they're – if I'm going to play, like, they're going to be there, even if they're not going to be there. So 
I just kept going and kept playing, and I did well enough. And I first school that I talked to was Auburn, which was which Auburn and Alabama was pretty big, pretty big rivalry there. And um, so uh, after that, I mean. I just kept on playing throughout that summer, and uh, we just – I got offered by Alabama and Auburn, and I went to PBR Future Games and they did really well there. So – and then about football season, because up until this year I played football, I was like, I feel like Alabama is the place for me. I just really like Coach Bohannon. He's a really good guy. And he's a down-to-earth guy who's who's really able to talk to and be around. Yeah. So you mentioned Auburn and Alabama there. So when you were going through that process, were there some other teams that were reaching out, or was it mainly just those two schools and you kind of decided early in the process? There were some other schools that had re- reached around, talked to me a little bit there, but I I was going to be an in-state kid. Okay, so when you when you did have some of those initial conversations with Bo Hannon, the Alabama coach, some coaches on the Auburn coaching staff, what were some of those initial conversations like for you? What were some of the questions they were asking? Were they just trying to get to know you? Were they kind of pitching the program? Can you kind of just take us through what those initial phone calls were like? I um, got to know some of them, just trying to get to know me. There, There's some kids at our high school who had been to Auburn, so – they who had already committed to Auburn, so I knew I had a, more of an idea of what was going on in their program versus um, what was Alabama's. But I went one of my buddies, uh, who's Sam Prater, who is in the Marlins organization right now, and was a catcher at Alabama. He took me down there one time, and this was past COVID, but they still couldn't have kids. And me and him just looked around, and I could tell that was awesome and I really liked the really liked being there so how long how so after that that summer after your freshman year and you kind of started getting that recruiting buzz by Auburn by Alabama and then some of those other schools um and it was kind of just a two-team race for you up until that visit um like how long was that process for you like when did you actually commit to Alabama I don't I'm you put me on the spot. I do not know remember the exact date right now. It was I think it was sometime in September of my sophomore year. So three or four or five months. Okay. Yeah, so I mean that's I mean that's kinda of, that's kind of a, a long process you went through, kind of just having a two team race. But um how long was it like how long did you kinda of know that okay, Alabama's probably gonna be the spot for me and what overall what was it that put Alabama on top over Auburn? I felt like I knew most. I knew some of the kids, and I had met and played against some of them, and I could tell that it was just an overall. I was gonna really like being around most of the kids, and I knew I could. I've been a big Alabama fan my whole life. Been been a huge um, football fan. I mean, growing up in the state of Alabama, you have the option of either being an Alabama fan or an Auburn fan. If anyone tells you anything different, then they're wrong. But. Um, I just could tell that, and plus, my family's my, my whole entire family's huge Alabama fans, 
and no one in my family's ever had the opportunity to play a college sport at Alabama. So I felt like that had been really neat to have been the first one in my family to be able to do that. Yeah, of course. So since you did since since you did commit to um, Alabama quite a bit ago, um, how how since committing, how has that relationship with the coaching staff there, at Alabama? How has that evolved? And overall, just what's your overall uh, relationship with the coaching staff right now? Oh, it's second to none. Me and uh, me and Bo Hannon, if, even if he wasn't a head coach, I feel like he I could still be best friends with him. I love talking to him. There's some kids they'd been to our high school and recruiting some of the younger kids at our school. And every time I just I'll just come up to them and just be like messing with them, and they understand that I'm not actually messing with them. I'm just getting along with them. Yeah, yeah. So talking about some other players. So I know you do play with some guys in high school and even travel ball who are going to Alabama. But who are some guys that you've already kind? Of, who are some committed Alabama players that you kind of already established relationships with and kind of just start building that team chemistry a little early with? Like on the roster right now? No, like as in guys who were committed there in your class, guys who oh, are the freshmen I'm, this fall, or you. even guys who are maybe a year or two younger than you. I'm with you. Um, well, one of my friends, uh, his name's Jojo Williamson or Josie Williamson. He had been – I'd played with him since I was 12. And he just committed here recently, not too long ago. He went, He goes to our high school. He's our second baseman. And uh, Peyton Steele, he's a, another kid that's a grade below me who's going there too. He moved here in the eighth grade, and we played football together and we played baseball together. So most those two kids from my high school, I met them and been around them a lot. So me and them are pretty me and them are pretty close together. And uh, on my USA Prime summer team, there's me and me and Jansen Kentney. We we mess with each other. We we both tell each other that I'm a, every time Jansen goes out there, I'm like, all right, man, just keep us under five runs and we got this. <laughs> and then. Uh, Parker Pico, which uh, he lives about as north for me as possible. So it's a little, we uh, have a little, I mean, we we always get along no matter what. But we, I'm, the first time I talked to him, I was like, whoa, what is it? Why does this dude sound like this? But I'm sure he <laughs> probably thought the same thing as me. Yeah. And then the one who I guess I would say I would be the absolute closest with, who I like, get along with and we'll always have a really good time being around him is Bryce Eldridge. He's one of the funniest people I've ever been around. And he is one of the uh, super duper talented. And I just really like being around him. And uh, he's just one of the, he's a good guy. I like being around him. Love his dad. His dad's hilarious. So I just have, I mean, and plus I know some of the kids who are at the campus right now. Me and Austin Morris are pretty good buddies, and me and uh, – I talked to Riley Quick a pretty decent amount. Yeah. So when you are facing up guys who are going to be your future teammate, future teammates here in a couple of years, is there like a little bit more of a competitive competitive thing, uh, competitive thing going on between you guys? Like, okay, I'm playing you in travel ball this weekend. I got to make sure you can't beat me on the, when, I'm, when I'm in the box and you're on the mound. Or is there some well, type I of have, extra competitiveness there going on? That hasn't yet to happen to me this yet. So going so going to a school like Alabama that is like very good on the national spotlight when it comes to football, 
Um, what's that like watching your future college on that on the national level at all times? So, like for example, the CFP these past couple of years. What's it like seeing seeing your school in that national spotlight? Is there kind of like like a um, what do you call it? Like a little bit of pride there, or how exactly do you feel when you see your team and Nick Saban? Um, oh on the yeah, big even before I been a big time baseball player i i've had the utmost respect for nick saban he is one, he is the best person at his job that he does in the world it takes to one get all that talent in there and to two get it to where they all work together in a cohesive unit i have the most utmost respect for him so that is um the biggest thing for me because i know how hard that is to keep that many talented people happy and uh but I just – me and my buddies from who are going to other schools are like, wow, I didn't know Alabama had a baseball team or stuff like that. <laughs> the only thing they know is from their football team, which is okay. That's going to change soon. But So having, having that success of that football program, do you think that leads down to other programs on campus for like your baseball, basketball program? Do you think that success from Coach Saban and that team, do you think that kind of leads down to – um, just overall pride at the whole university as a whole? Uh, yes, sir. I feel like, um, I mean, there's no, I've always heard there's no such thing as bad publicity. So, I mean, if the football team's out there winning 14, 15 games a year, I don't see how it can do anything but help us. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, you know a bunch of people who know about the Alabama football program, so – I mean, they obviously know that brand a little bit, know the Alabama logo. So when they go see Alabama playing on baseball, they're kind of get to, like you said, no publicity is bad publicity. But have you been able to make it to an Alabama football game yet? Oh, yes. I went to three or four last year. I mean, I've been to some just as a fan, just because we live close to here and we're huge Alabama fans. Okay. So when you are going on like those visits to football games and just overall – kind of being shown around campus by the baseball team. How are, how do those usually, visits usually go? What are they usually showing you? And then overall, what's like just the overall vibe of campus when you're, when you're down there? The last time that I went, we were, it was during the, like the fall. So we, they were having like their like pregame scrimmages and stuff like that. So we got to go in the dugout and that was a pretty neat experience. I got to meet some of the new players that are the players that were on the team this year. So it's pretty neat to like, be able to like watch them on TV and then you see them in real life and you're like, wow, it is a lot bigger than he looks on the television. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just moving a little bit more into your, just your overall travel ball experience. So I know we kind of got connected through USA prime. I kind of met you there in, in Atlanta, Georgia, passed out my business card, but how exactly did you get connected with USA prime? I mean, I know they're extremely loaded. Like you said, Bryce Eldridge. I mean, they've got Tennessee guys, Fandy guy. I mean, that team's absolutely loaded. So how did you get connected with that USA Prime national team? Um, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I did not completely entirely remember. I had just – I had played with that SBG Sox team for – since I was 15. So – and then my dad was just texting me and was like, we – this Mark Neslett was texting – I had apparently been texting me since I was 14, and I had no clue about it. So, um, that was a overall, I really, I really enjoyed being around all those kids and just being able to play baseball and meet different people from all across the country. Yeah. So, like I said, I met you down there in Atlanta at the WWBA. 
So when you're down there at some of those big baseball travel events and those big tournaments, and with your class coming up here next for the MLB draft here next July, like, are there a lot of scouts there trying to talk to players? Like, have you talked to a couple scouts? Um, just overall, like, like, what, what do you get that feel on there on that aspect of it? Oh, I mean, I feel like overall that Ted Williams quote where he said he's going to play every game as hard as he can because he never knows because there might be a kid there watching him for the first time and the last time. So, I mean, overall, I just feel like baseball is a great game and I'm going to play the same if there's 140,000 people watching me or two people watching me. It's still just a great opportunity to go out there and play a game that I love. Yeah, of course. And one of those one of those uh, times experiences you got was the baseball PDP experience that you got to evolve, um, be a part of a couple of weeks ago. So can you kind of take us through what that PDP experience was like for you? Oh, uh, it was super neat. It was one of the nicer experiences I've ever been a part of playing baseball. And um, I got there, I think it was the 27th of June, 27th or 28th of June. And we were there till the seventh. So it was a long stretch. It was a lot like what I've been to have, I've been told a big league spring trainings like, so it was good to have an experience like that to where you don't got your feet wet a little bit and just got in there and got to meet a lot of different people from a lot of different places. And, um, just be around people who share the same love of the game as you do. And I mean, we, we, you could tell everyone there was serious about baseball. I mean, the reason they were there is because they were serious about baseball. So picked each other's brains and, um, got some friends that I'll be able to talk to for the rest of my life. And, uh, just overall solid experience. I could had nothing to complain about. Yeah. So they said that average day at the PDP is kind of like that big league spring training, like you said. So can you kind of take us through what that average day was like for you when it came to that first couple of days there? And then when it came to time to scrimmage against those other top prospects in the nation? Oh, it was, we were just, we'd wake up early and we would, um, we'd wake up about six thirty-seven, pretty decently early in the morning. We'd go out there. We'd have practice before we play, and um, which was a great experience. I learned so much new stuff that I never thought of. And um, I mean, overall, I just it was a very neat experience and one that I'm gonna remember for a long time. Yeah. So when you were down there in Cary for that PDP. Who were some of those other guys that you were hanging out with most? Uh, just players on your team, maybe your roommate. Who were some of those guys that you kind of started to build kind of a, a friendship with from that PDB, PT, PDP experience? Um, overall, it was my roommate, Blake Mitchell. Me and him got along a lot. I, I mean, he is going to LSU, though, so nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, me and him got along a lot. Me and Dylan Cup. We uh, we got along really well, which I'm sure everyone thinks we sound a lot alike. So that's part, probably part of the reason why we got along was because we're both from what they call the Deep South. So, so you said that was you said that was Dylan Cup, who kind of sounds like you. Oh yeah. So where where is Dylan Cup from? He lives in 
Cedartown, Georgia, I think is what it's called. So close to the Alabama side of Georgia. Okay. Okay. So down there in the deep South, like you said, so is there like, obviously you have, you have that Alabama accent. You said he kind of has that, that type of accent as well. So when you're, when you're around town, like, is that like, is that a normal thing down there in, in this Georgia, Alabama area? I mean, I'll meet kids from up there and be like, whoa, what would you just say? And stuff like that. I'm just like, I promise you everyone talks like this. Yeah. And they, they never believe me. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I kind of got to talk to you for like a quick, I mean, it wasn't very long down there in Georgia, but you hopped on the call and I was like, okay, man, this guy's got a, this guy's got a legit, a legit Southern accent. It was, it's kind of cool. But I've had, I've had one other guy on the podcast who is from the up North in Canada and I had never really talked to him before, kind of connected through him through social media. And he hopped on the phone and it was just like that straight Canadian accent that you kind of see in movies. And it was like, it was kind of cool to see just to kind of like talk to a guy for about a half hour, 40 minutes of nothing but a Canadian accent. But it's cool being from the Midwest where none of us really have. I personally don't think that none of us have accents, but it's kind of cool to like go to start talk to people and just have talk to them for a while and just hear their accents just unleash. It's kind of cool to see. But Oh, yeah. Everyone seems to have a different one. I'm like, I promise you everyone sounds like this. Yeah. I'm I'm sure I'm sure you I'm sure you get questions about it a lot when you're traveling around and you're not oh, in the yeah. south so much. I'll, yeah, I'll be I'll, I'll ask someone where they're from and they'll tell me and they'll be like, "Don't even ask me where you're from. I know where you're from." <laughs> okay. So, um, talk. So, moving on to like instead of the PDP, you did play in that PG National event at Tropicana Field a couple of weeks ago. So, how did that travel? How did that event? compared to the PDP experience for you? What were some differences? And then what what the average day look like at PG National? Um, PG National was more of a real, like, I'm not going to say. It was like a normal summer thing. Like, I was with my dad the whole time. So I could, um, me and my dad hung out a lot there. And we just, it was more like a, we'd have a work and then we'd be done that day. And then we'd play a game the next day and we'd be, we just had the games, so there it wasn't as much time consuming, but the same concept of I got to meet a lot of people and got to be around some of my friends that I'd already met, and just another opportunity to be around some of the kids that I hadn't been around in a long in a while, and who I won't see again for some of them I may never see again. Yeah, yeah. So was that your first time playing in an LB stadium, or have you played in one before? I have not. That was the first time. I was kind of shocked. It was. I was first off. I was super glad it was inside because it was really hot there, and I was not miserable at all because I was. Um, it was indoors and it was air conditioned. I was like, "Thank the Lord, we are not outside." Yeah, I'm sure for those. I mean, both those Florida teams, Miami and Tampa Bay, they they're one of the few teams with those indoor stadiums. So I'm. Um, I'm sure it was nice to be playing that AC and play indoors. But from those teammates that you played with at the PG National, was the same teammates you played with for the PDP, or was it kind of mixed up? I, there was some of the kids, and most of the kids, I think the way that they did it, they tried to put most of the kids on the same travel team together. So I was on the same team with Bryce, Nas, Nas Zanatello, Cole Eaton, Monster, Antonio Anderson. Okay. So 
with that, with the PG National being over, it was, it was a couple of weeks ago. Now you said you had to area code. So is this going to be East your Coast last Coast travel ball then of the summer? Or... I'm sorry. sorry. What were you saying? So you cut you with you coming back from the PG National last week. Now you're back in Alabama before you head back to the before you head to East Coast Pro. That's what you said, right? Yes. You so you had the East Coast Pro tomorrow. So is this going to be your last travel ball event, or do you have anything else going on this summer? I'm pretty sure for the summer this is the last one because after this next week it will be the week that school starts. So okay. So this is kind of is this kind this is kind of widened down for your travel ball career, right? Because you're not going to be able to play travel ball at all next summer before you head to Alabama, right? Oh yeah, I mean. This will be the last thing that I do. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not going to okay. put any pressure on myself. I mean, I've got a lot more baseball ahead of me. Yeah. So with just looking back at your travel ball days, with you kind of coming down to your last week or two playing travel ball, just what are some of your favorite memories just looking back? Obviously, you talked about the SBG Sox. You talk about U.S. Prime National you played with for a little bit. So just what are some of your favorite memories overall when you think about the term travel ball? I mean – my favorite personal thing about it is I got to meet a ton of different people from Florida all the way up to Washington state. So that's the coolest thing overall for me, because for like, no matter how much money you are, as long as you have relationships with people, then that's all that really matters. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's move on from just a little bit and let's talk about the high school season. So we did talk about this a couple of days ago, texting each other back and forth a little bit about it. So let's. What's the outlook on this senior season? We'll dig into the senior season upcoming first, and then we'll dig into kind of what happened this past year. Oh yeah, we um, this upcoming senior year, we'll we we retire. We lose some big dudes on the mound. That'll be the uh, that'll be the thing that we have to go out there and prove is if who's going to be out there on the mound. We had two kids going to Auburn who threw pretty much every single inning in the playoffs. So not a ton of them are battle-tested in the playoffs, but we still have really talented players out there on the mound. But where our biggest strength will be is in our lineup. Our lineup is so deep. We have – I'm pretty sure now we have seven kids that have SEC offers in our lineup that are primary position players. Okay, so I mean – not just pitchers that are playing or hitting because it's at high school. We have seven SC or not SEC seven Division One hitters, and that's the. I mean, I'm assuming. I know here in Indiana, that's not. I mean, I don't think Indiana's ever seen something like that in Alabama. Like, is there other teams like that in your area, or are you guys kind of just that cream of the crop, best team in, in your area? I. W- I don't like to jinx ourselves, but I would say that yes, sir, we are. We have we. I personally think that we have the most talented roster in Alabama by by far. Okay, so you would kind of say that the expectations just from fans is kind of is kind of high this year on this upcoming spring. Oh yes, sir. We return a lot from our state championship team that went thirty nine and four, and I, I we had talked about it at our banquet. We didn't lose a game from I think it was March twenty seventh through the end of the season. So 
we just which in baseball is really hard to win every single game every single day no matter what so much can happen like you said i mean even some of the base te- best teams in the major leagues i mean even when they go 162 i mean and i mean that's a great record in the majors i mean they still lost 62 games and and so i mean like you said, winning winning every day, day in and day out in baseball is really difficult. But I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be it's that's a cool experience for you to guys be winning so many games. And you said the Alabama baseball crowd for high school baseball dreams is electric. So kind of take us through what that's like playing in a in a big stadium for high school and just having your whole high school behind your guys' backs. Oh yeah, it's one of the greatest experiences. I mean, Hartsel's one of the best towns to play baseball in, in my opinion, because. Like the second round of the playoffs, we got off the bus and there was a crowd out. We're we're the road team, by the way. We have these fans just lined up all the way out through the parking lot, like before we even get to the stadium. So we just had people like lined all the way out to the to the past the gate, and we completely filled up the visitor sections and we took over the home section because it was a bigger. The home section was three or four times as bigger than three or four times bigger than um, the away section. We took up all the away section and then took up almost half of the away of the home section. So it was, we pretty much in the playoffs, we didn't have every single game be a home game, but we absolutely took over and had everyone everywhere. It was straight Cardinal red, which is Hartsel's colors. And we were just, it was it was really breathtaking, and looking back on it now, it's really special. Yeah. So as you head into your senior year, obviously you say expectations are high. You play at a great baseball school. So are you ready to be that senior? Are you ready to be a senior, the oldest guy in the locker room? And then uh, what are you needing to do to prepare to be the, to be a senior? Oh yeah, I mean we're just. I mean we. I'm really the senior, but. They're the guy that's played here the longest, but we still had players who have – who I mean, we're not going to have anyone out there who's not battle-tested. I mean, there's not going to have to be a whole lot of – or me having to hold my hand, hold people's hand through stuff and just – we're going to have a bunch of people who have played a lot of level baseball who are going to know what to do and are really good baseball players. Yeah, and when you're starting a season like that, I mean, that puts you guys so far ahead of other teams. I mean, I know, obviously, if you have a guy who's committed to a, a Power 5 school, SEC, Big Ten, whatever it is, and they're at their high school and they're a senior, I mean, there's a good chance that they're kind of, like you said, holding people's hands, holding the underclassmen's hands, showing them how high school season's played. So, I mean, that definitely puts you guys at a, at an upper level and just a, a better competitive advantage when it comes to the beginning of the season. But let's dig into – last season a little bit so i know we talked about this for a while you sent me that little tweet of what exactly happened that was, so kind that of take... was my sophomore year oh that was okay so that was your sophomore year and then you guys won it last year yes okay all right so you guys won it last year but then kind of take us through what happened your sophomore year that made it so you guys didn't become back-to-back state champions um so we had long story. So we're playing in Hartsville does it to where they have three game series or not Hartsville. The state of Alabama has three game series. We played the first game on the first day against the school called faith Academy. They were a really, really good team too. They were, they were probably on paper better than us. 
they played us the first day, absolutely beat the brakes off of us, like 10 to 1. Like, absolutely just hammered us. And uh, so we play, the, we play a doubleheader the next game. We win the first game. And um, so we have a winner-take-all game three. So we're playing through this. We get down early four to nothing. We come all the way back. The game's tied seven to seven. We have, um, I think it was runners on, uh, probably, I think it was bases loaded, one out. And our, uh, the kid that was going to Alabama was at the plate now. It's a fly ball to center field. Center fielder catches it. There's a guy on third, another guy who's going to Alabama, tags up. He goes in, slides into the plate. We think that we've won the state championship. We're going out there dogpiling, celebrating. Third base, our pitcher throws the ball over to third base to appeal the tag up. Umpire calls him out. Said he left early. So, after that, we have to play the top after the eighth inning. They put up a seven spot, and that's pretty much how we lost it. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, and there's even that there's a camera angle, like you said, like you sent me. I mean, that I mean, it shows it's it's evident that that guy left after the catch. He was safe. You guys should have been state champions. So does that kind of just looking back on it throughout that off season? Did that kind of put a put a sour taste in your mouth where you kind of pissed, be like, okay, like. We got to come out this this next season. We got to win it all. We got to prove that we were the best this season, and I mean that we deserved it last season as well. So, was there a little bit more of a little bit of a um, just chip on your shoulder after kind of losing that state championship to a bad call? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, anytime you feel like something's just took from you, or you get robbed of something, you just feel like. I mean, it's like just walking down the street and someone just takes $20 from you. I mean, it's not a great feeling at all. And no, everyone was wanting to win. Everyone had put so much time in and we just felt like that was our state championship. And we were going to go out there and leave no doubt this upcoming year, this next, that next upcoming year that we were hands down the best team. That, that yeah. a call that, that there couldn't be a situation like that to where we were in the, a tie game in the bottom of the seventh. We were going to win fifteen to nothing if we had to, to where there was absolutely no doubt. Yeah, of course. So, like you said, you you guys do have seven guys in your lineup this year who are who are who have Division One offers. I mean, obviously, you guys won the state championship last year. You guys have a bunch of guys who are going to Auburn, Alabama, some SEC schools, and you guys were that close to the state championship your sophomore year. So obviously that's a great high school baseball program. Not a lot of baseball programs can say that for high school. So just with you being an insider of your high school, um, just seeing practice day in and day out, what do you, from what you've seen, what do you think's led to your your high school success um, when it comes to baseball? How close that we are and how we push each other. So we had one of my better friends. We. Like, we would just make sure that everything was going smoothly and no one was goofing off and doing stuff. But we weren't going to be, like, in your face about it. We were going to – we were going to – we were there to have a – get our work in and have a good time, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, that, always building that team chemistry is good. I mean, team chemistry. I mean, obviously, the, the level of talent on the field wins championships, but team chemistry also does as well. So it's always great to have that really close bond with your teammates. But um, just digging into you personally when it comes to the baseball field instead of just your team, your teammates, stuff like that. Um, so you're listed as an outfielder and a left-handed pitcher on the Perfect Game website. I know Perfect Game, sometimes they kind of miscalculate position-wise. I know you are an outfielder still, but are you still pitching right now? Oh, no, sir. Uh, the pitching days are over for me. Okay. Well, I've like I've seen some I've seen some highlight clips and it's mostly all just you in the outfield that you hitting. So I assumed that was the case, but it does say left-handed pitcher on the Perfect Game website and sometimes oh, yes, they sir, leave something but yes, sir, the pitching days are over. Okay. All right. Well, I had I had questions for both just in case it was you still are playing two ways. But like I've had I've had uh one time I brought it up and I was like I brought it up to some player, I forget who it was. It said he was a uh, a pitcher, a second baseman, third baseman, outfielder. And I was like, man, what's it like being like such a utility player, this and that? And he comes out, he goes, well, I haven't played the field in four years. And I was like, man, perfect game got me. But I I always like to make sure before I kind of dig into a little bit to your guys, to just the overall scouting report. So when you are – I I completely understand. Yeah. So when you are in the outfield, what – it just says outfield. So are you a corner outfielder, center, center fielder? Uh, what I, what position I'm you playing? I move around a lot. I played center field all 43 games for our high school this year. I played multiple. I played a lot of innings in center field. I would say I would be a primary center fielder, but I'm not going to pout if someone sends me to right or left field. It's just another, yeah. another opportunity to play. Yeah. So when you are kind of moving around those three outfield spots, is there kind of like a different strategy you use at each position? Like since you are – and a separate in a different part of the field like is it different playing each spot or do you kind of treat left center and right kind of as the same i feel like left and right are a lot alike because you see the not the same angle but it's you don't see the whole field so you get to like if you're in right field you can only you can't see everything where the catcher set up all that stuff so you have to play that a little bit more i feel like smart I feel like smarter and you have to like worry about running into walls. If a ball's fair, foul, stuff like that in center field, it's hit to you. It's fair. So it's flipping it around to the hitting side of things. So when you are in the batter's box, you're walking up to the bat, uh, you're walking, you're, sorry, when you're in the on deck circle, you're walking up to the batter's box, face it. Oh, just watching the, what's going through your mind. What's kind of your overall hitting approach. And what are you thinking at each, at, during each at bat? I'm personally thinking, I'm just going to try and make loud contact. Best thing is in this situation, if there's a runner on third with less than two outs, I'm going to try and drive him in. But especially with two strikes, I'm going to do everything that I can to refuse to strike out and get that run in. Okay. So how does so obviously you have that initial hitting approach when when there isn't two strikes, but how does that change when there there strikes on you? What is your two strike approach, and how does that differ from when there's not two strikes on the count? I feel like you just have to expand a little bit. You're not necessarily just looking for the perfect pitch. You just have to – if a pitcher makes a, a a pitcher's pitch, you just have to do the best that you can to to do the best that you can with that pitch that is thrown to you and just overall just make it to where – I mean, his job is to go out there and get you out, but your job is to get a hit off of him and 
score runs and do stuff like that. So just battling and just making sure that even if I'm going to try and be the toughest out that I possibly can be. Yeah. So obviously playing in the state of Alabama where there's tons of baseball talent, playing in those big time PG national baseball PDP, um, you're facing a lot of great talent on the mound. So overall, who do you think has been the toughest pitcher for you to face so far in your career? Oh, uh, I would probably say Dylan Lesko. That was the one. I was a sophomore. We faced him at Hoover at the PG Showdown. Um, I saw a couple pitches. I was like, "Whoa, this dude looks like he could be in the big leagues right now." Yeah, I I, I had a, I had a couple of those experiences. Fifteenth overall by the Padres. So, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely it's definitely a cool experience, especially with you being. Uh, a couple years younger than him, I bet. Well, I guess no, you're one year younger than him. Yes, but I, I'm, I'm sure that's. I'm sure it was a cool experience to see something like that. But oh, if you were a scout watching your game, just this can be in the outfield, in the dugout, and in the batter's box. What would be your personal scouting? What would be your overall scouting report on yourself? I feel like I'm a big, fast kid. I mean, everyone always says this to me. They're like, as soon as they see me run, they're like, "Wow, I didn't realize you were that fast." I'm like. What the heck, man? I mean, <laughs> I'm just – but, I mean, that's just part of being big. And it also is an advantage. I get to – those middle infielders will stay back on some balls because they think I'm a big dude because I hit in the three-hole and can't move very well. And then they peel, feel the ball and I'm 80 feet down the line. They're like, well, I got to get rid of this. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's, – that's, that's a cool thing to kind of be like a – kind of be a potential five-tool player in a way. But um, before you head to Alabama's campus next fall – um, what are some of the biggest things in your game that you're wanting to fix before you actually become a college athlete? I would like to – I mean, you're never a finished product. I mean, Mike Trout's not a finished product. I mean, every single day you have to go out there and get better at something. So that's the biggest thing. It might not just necessarily be throwing or fielding or hitting or hitting for power or running, but just get a little bit better at one thing every day. You can't be the same player you are yesterday as you are wanting to be tomorrow. Yeah, of course. So you, with you down there in Alabama, obviously the state of Alabama doesn't have any major league teams. I mean, Atlanta's close, but who is that major league team that you kind of like to watch? And then in the major leagues, is there anybody you kind of like to model your game after a little bit? I personally love watching the Blue Jays. I don't, I don't entirely know what it is. I have no connection to them, but I just love watching them. I love watching Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, Teoscar Hernandez. I feel like they are so entertaining to watch, and I feel like it's neat that I, – I mean, I was watching it the other day. It was game 102, and they had 29,000 people at the Rogers Center, and it was loud in there in a middle game – in a weekday game in July against the Royals. So, I can't imagine what it would be like in the World Series or a playoff game, how loud that place would get. I just feel like that's a really neat – would be a really neat place to play. And just overall, it was a, I feel like they're a fun team to watch. Yeah, they definitely are a fun team to watch. I've got to watch them a couple times in person. I know I watched Vladdy and Bichette play in like single A back when they were kind of 18, 19 years old. That was a cool thing to see. Um, and then I actually saw them play last Sunday at Fenway Park. So, that I mean, they're, they are a cool team to watch. I love Vladdy. Just love everything about him. Bichette, love that big leg kick. But, I mean, that Rogers Center, I mean, you're right. Like, especially like it's game 102 and they have that they have that place packed. Can't imagine what it's like in a playoff game. I mean, I know I remember watching it 
watching the playoffs. I think it was 2014 or 2015 where Jose Bautista had that bat flip. I oh, mean, that, yeah, that place, place was loud. Yeah, that's now that's the type of atmosphere I love to go watch a baseball game at. So oh, I yeah. know exactly where you're coming from. But let's let's move in a little bit to the, your your advisor selection process. So before we started recording, I did tell you that's what I'm trying to be when I graduate here in a couple of years as an advisor slash agent. So I do like to ask some players their side of things when it came to their selection process, just so I kind of get what players are thinking through it and what's just going on throughout their mind. Um, so when exactly did advisors start reaching out to you? Um, this is also a funny story. Uh, whenever I was – it was, I guess, last year, my dad was like, hey, by the way, these agents are like – have been like blowing me up since every – you were like 14 going on 15. And I was like, what? Well, I was like, what is that? And I didn't really know anything about any of it. And um, so apparently, I guess since 14, but my dad hid it from me because he didn't want me to get a big head. Yeah, I mean, that, that's understandable. And so, uh, so I guess really I started talking to him around the very end of last summer. Okay. So when you did start talking to some of those advisors and your dad kind of gave it out to you, hey, here's some guys that have been reaching out to me. Who were, so, I mean, not who, but what were some of those conversations like? And overall, what was what was your thought process when you were going through some of those initial conversations with advisors? I feel like it was kind of like a recruiting process again, kind of like it was like they were trying to sell everything they had to offer to me and how they would help me and do stuff like that. But I mean, when it all comes down to it, I mean, Scott Boris isn't in the box hitting for Bryce Harper. I feel like, you, you know what I'm, I'm, I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Like me picking the first round, are they not gonna do? Uh, they're not gonna be able to get and be like, get in the box and be like, all right, now remember, make sure that you keep all your weight in your back foot and do stuff like that. I mean, so I understand the whole fact of it, and I feel like overall, it's a mind of I'm here to play baseball, and that's like the secondary stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like your 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 job number one is to play baseball, give your team the best chance of success, give your chance give yourself the best chance for success, and your advisor slash agent when you once you do become pro, I mean it's their job to do all the behind the scenes stuff, get everything done for you, and make sure everything's taken care of. So yeah, oh, I, yes, I know sir, that's, that's also extremely important too. I should I should have worded that a different way, but no, you're good. I I like that. I like that little uh, Scott Bor whatever it's the Scott Boris can't hit for Bryce Hart. I like that little thing. I'm gonna. Uh, I do. Have you seen those enlightened Thursdays I do for the podcast? I'll yeah. probably, I'll, I'll probably have something like that. Like, so what I'll, I'll, re, I'll re-listen to this and I'll, I'll, I'll probably have that as the enlightened Thursday. I knew right away when you said it, I was like, okay, this is going to be good. Oh uh, yeah. Um, so when you were having those initial conversations with advisors, were they over the phone over zoom? Was it in person? Like, did they kind of come to your house and kind of give you a presentation? Was, uh, what, um, some of them came to my house. I met some of them at restaurants close to where I live. And uh, we just, it was overall, I had a, I mean, it was really neat. Got to meet, I mean, that's one of the biggest things for me. I love meeting new people and having to hear the behind the scenes stories on all the stuff. So when, when you did meet some of these advisors in person, did they kind of have like a, a video presentation for you? Was it kind of just, 
getting to know you and your family kind of, can you kind of take us through what some of those meetings were like? It was kind of, they were taking me through like what all the business was. Cause at first I didn't really know what it was. And they were uh, showing me all about what it was and how, uh, what they could do for me and what I could provide for them and stuff like that. And overall it was just, I, I mean, I had the utmost respect for all of them because I feel like that's a really high stress job. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm still, I'm still a couple of years away from experiencing that, but from what I've seen just from my internships and just talking to agents, yeah, that's definitely a high stress job. And I'm, I'm kind of looking, I, I like that type of stuff. I'm kind of looking forward to it. But, and I feel um, like the, personally the fact that they took time out of their day, I mean, some of them have kids at home and have wives and just, it made me feel good about myself that they took time out of their day to come talk to me and meet with me. Yeah. So obviously you had a, you had multiple advisors reaching out to you. So when you were going through that process of choosing an advisor and being like, okay, I think I, I think I can go with this guy. What were some of those key things that you were looking for in your advisor? Well, the advisors that I have now there it's, it was jet sports, but they got bought out by the Wasserman group. And so I, it's just, I still talk to the same guys and do all the same stuff, but um, they have the ability to like, the head guy, his name's Al Getz, who um, he um, got me in with hitting coaches and stuff like that. And, like, for my birthday in December, I got to um, go down and hit with Matt Olson, the first baseman for the Atlanta Braves, and because uh, he's one of their guys. And I got to go down there and um, hit down there with him. And I thought that was an overall neat experience. And, um he got me in with the hitting coach that I go to and he's got me this diet plan, stuff like that. It's just yeah. doing, trying to help me get, be the best player that I can be, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course. So when you, so when you did go and hit down there with Matt Olson, what were some things that he was teaching you? And then what were some ways that you were kind of picking his brain? Cause obviously he's a very successful big leaguer, been to the all-star game multiple times. So what was that day like for you getting, getting to have batting practice with him? What were some of the things he was teaching you? I, I was, he wasn't necessarily teaching me anything. I was just tr- trying to pick his brain about stuff. I mean, it's not every day that you get to hit with an MLB all-star. So I was trying to get as much knowledge as I could out of him. Yeah. So what were some of those questions that you were asking him and what were some things he was showing? I was like, like I remember one of the questions was, what's the biggest difference that you had between um, – going from your senior season in high school to going to um, rookie ball. And he was like, I've never – I mean, it wasn't a ton of difference for me because he he went to Parkview High School, which is a, another school like Hartsell who's always been – always loaded and does stuff like that. He's like, most of the guys have only played like 20, 25 games in our high school season, but I played 40, 45. And I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So Alabama for high school, do you guys – when exactly do you guys start? We'll high start – We'll start towards the end or middle of February. Okay. And it's, and it's, oh, it is not warm warm enough, but we get it fired up and going. Yeah. So, what what, have you had some pretty bad, not bad experiences, but have you had not so, not so favorable experiences of playing in the cold and having to maybe tuck on a couple sweatshirts underneath your jersey? Oh, yes. Um, I remember there was one time we were playing a game and it was about 
29 or 30 degrees, which is really, really cold for the South. And I was like, I'm really hoping this inning doesn't last very long and I can go in there and sit in those heaters. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I've here in Indiana. I mean, we start, so we start, we start practice in February. We started our games in March. And I mean, obviously Indiana's much, much more North Alabama. And we, we, we play pretty much half our season in that where we're like, we're all like cuddling around each other in between innings, just staying by the heaters, just trying to stay warm. So it's, I, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a rough gig, but uh, just moving on here to beyond the baseball field a little bit. I've got just a couple more questions for you before we end it off. So um, when you're not on the baseball field and you're not in between those two white lines, what are some of your favorite things you like to do beyond the field? Um, Personally at my high school, this is one of the neater things that I like to do. I go into our IRC, which is the special needs kids. And I love spending time with them. It's like the, it like makes my day. It makes me really understand how grateful I really am. And, those kids out there, that those kids in there who have Down syndrome, I just feel the I have the utmost respect for them. Like there's a boy in there, his name's Will, who comes in there smiling, cracking jokes every single day, just happy to be there, and that really makes my life like, wow, this guy has Down syndrome. He's never been able to play baseball in his life, and just he comes in here and with a smile on his face every day, happy to be here. Yeah, that's. That's definitely that's a great thing to have um, for you just to go and see that. I know my, I mean, I never my high school program, but that's that's a cool thing to see, kind of seeing how grateful you are and just being around some of those kids that you just have be, love being around and just that they, they they just love being there every day. That's that's a really cool thing. But um, so being being in heart is it Hartzell? I, what, Hartzell. What's your home? Hartzell? Hartzell. Okay. So is that kind of like a smaller town or how like how how big is that town? I wouldn't say it's small, but I wouldn't say it's big. There's like 20,000 people that live here. So I guess it's technically a small town, but compared, okay. we're one of the bigger high schools in the in the state. Okay. So when it when it does come time to just have fun with some of your friends, is there like movie theaters, bowling alleys, there's certain things you guys like to do? Or what exactly some of the hobbies that you and your friends like to do outside of school and outside of baseball? Um, there's a lake in Coleman County that I really personally enjoy going to a lot. That is what I like to do most of my time that I'm not playing baseball. So whenever I'm not doing that, I feel like that's what I'm really wanting to be a part of and do. Okay. All right, man. I run some jet skis. Oh, yeah. I I love jet skis. You ever ever seen that TV show Eastbound and Down with Kenny Powers? Oh, I have not. Okay. So that's that's something you might want to watch. So it's like this this ex-baseball player where he just had – he has a Bronco and he drives a jet ski. He has a jet ski on his back and he just goes for hours at a time. He just goes on his jet ski and just roams around the lake. That's something definitely once I get into my career and um, have a little bit, build a foundation for a family, stuff like that. I definitely want to buy a couple jet skis and just go out on the lake and just tear it up for a little bit. That's, oh, yeah, that's, that's always a fun thing really to do. Fun. But um, I just got one last question for you before we end it off. So, with me being an aspiring agent and name, image, and likeness coming out last July, I mean, that's kind of been a big thing for me, just kind of getting some experience, kind of getting to know that side of things. So with you heading to Alabama's campus next fall, have you thought about it at all as maybe like a dream brand you'd love to work with after high school graduation and you head to Alabama's campus? Um, I really personally uh, haven't thought about it a ton, but if you're willing to send it to them, then I really, I'm, 
a big Lululemon fan. I love wearing their clothes. Really, really comfortable. Uh, one of the best, some of the best clothes I've put on my body. I just have like a great experience every time. I, there's not a thing that they have that I don't like. Okay. Well, here I've I've actually I've actually never worn Lululemon. I guess I mean you're not the first person here on the podcast to bring up Lululemon. So I guess maybe I'm gonna have to take your guys' word for it. Maybe buy go buy myself something and see see what it's oh, like. Oh yes, the first time the first time my mom got, I was like, oh, because all the girls at our high school wear them. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a girl brand. And I was like, yeah. Then I put it on. I was like, oh yeah, I I can get behind this. Yeah, that's that's always kind of been my aspect. I was like, oh, that's a girl brand. Why would I wear it? But I mean, I've heard some good things from some dudes, so I might have to might have to go uh, go to the store and get myself a pair or something. So I uh, guess guess we'll have to see. But um, Coleman, that's the last question I have for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, like I said, really enjoyed getting to know you a little bit better. Um, can't wait to get this aired and have the fans a little bit more. Um, good, I'm good luck here at, at the East Coast Pro when you go there. Good luck here at Alabama's campus and into your your um, into your professional baseball career. So I'll definitely be following. Hopefully, uh, maybe a high school game next year. Like I said, maybe I'll go to see when you guys are playing Hoover. Try to make it down there or something like that. Get you some podcast merch. But just really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Oh yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And that's going to do it for another episode of the JKR Podcast, another weekend of the JKR Podcast, and we are just absolutely rolling. Really want to thank both Ryan and Coleman for coming on the show this weekend. Can't wait to watch the, watch the way their baseball careers evolve, the, the way they unfold. Both got great futures ahead of them in their baseball careers. But make sure to tune in next week as we have episode number 100 coming on the show. Um, so it's been a long ride, about 18, 17, 18 months in, we've hit episode number 100. Super excited for that. Super thankful for all you guys for listening so far. Um, just been a great ride, bunch of great guests, and we have great guests coming on next week. I'm not going to announce it yet. I'm going to have to announce it on the website, on the social media. So if you're going to want to find out who episode number 100 is, you're going to have to check those out. It's going to be www.jkrpodcast.com or at jkr underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to be announcing that here this Monday, this Tuesday. I haven't decided yet, but they will be announced. So make sure to check those out. Check out our website. Check out our social media. And tune in next week for episode number 100.